Hey guys, welcome back to As Told By Moms. We are back again with episode nine. Nine. Okay, episode nine. Um, thank you for everyone who listened to episode eight. It was so great um, just to be able to talk to Lauren about her journey. Um, she hasn't gotten her hearing aids yet, so we don't have an update for you, but on the next episode, we definitely will. Um, another update was what else? Oh, I did end up buying the Stanley Cup, so that's unfortunate for my wallet. But thank you, Lauren, for selling that to us. That was fantastic. Um, all right, you ready to jump in, Laura? How I'm you ready. doing? How you doing? Let me ask you first. How you doing? I am good. You know, I'm here. Here. That, that's all that matters. Surviving. Um, thriving. Yes. Mm, TBD. Okay. <laughs> Um, we are halfway through the first month of the year. I yes. cannot believe it. Yes. It went by so quick already. It did. I feel like we were just celebrating Christmas. Honestly. But um, I'm ready. I'm okay. Here. Good. We're ready. Um, all right. So today we spoke about this guest last week when we were, re- or last episode, not last week. Um, but we're really, really excited to welcome the last member of our family that we haven't had on immediate family, I would say, um, between our sisters, our mom, she kicked off the season and now we're wrapping up the season with none other than our dad, Nelson Cologne. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. (laughs) Are you nervous? Excited? No, I'm excited. Good, good. Have you listened to one episode of our podcast yet? I've listened to, uh, bits and pieces of many. So okay. that must, that's okay. going to add up to one okay. uh, in real time. Okay, that's a very um, politically correct answer. So we appreciate that. Listen, um, at, least, at least he's doing better than Juan. Juan didn't listen to any episode but his own. No, literally, that's disgraceful. <laughs> We're two seasons in. Honestly, I know. It's very uh, it's very on brand for him. But dad, welcome. We're so excited to have you. And I'm ready to jump in. Okay. Thank you. Um, so... Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself that you feel like maybe nobody would know. Let's give you a little context about our dad. He is very private. He is very family oriented. He is very friendly with people. You know, obviously he's a nice guy. Um, but tell the podcast maybe one thing that they would not know about you. Well, I, you know, I'm kind of like an open book in a lot of areas, but I am an avid sports fan. Mm. Um, I follow many sports, uh, and when I have the time, I do sit down and watch them, and I uh, am really interested in baseball, basketball, and football. Okay. But I'll watch golf and tennis and soccer and all those things. I was I actually watched, for the first time, the World Cup this year. Oh, okay. Which I hadn't done in years previous, but, it, you know, everybody was saying they watched the World Cup, so I watched Team America, and I watched... Uh, the final, so it was pretty interesting. But I, I, I am an avid um, sports fan. Okay, give us your um, top NFL team. My top NFL team, although they're not in the final contention this year, <laughs> but I am a Washington Redskins, now called the uh, Commanders. Commanders. Commanders, okay. But uh, I'm a Redskins fan. Okay, I'm a Redskins and fan. your baseball team? I am a New York Mets fan. Trash. Also tragic. <laughs> They haven't won since 86, which was a great year because I was born that year. But, you know, we pray for the Mets every year to do better. Hey, I'm, I'm not a fair weather fan. I stick it out. That's my team. and I stick with them. That's true. Um, basketball? New York Knicks. Mm, another team. Wow. <laughs> another tragic <laughs> team. 
But I do I do root for the Hornets. I was going to say, you did have season tickets for the Hornets I for did. a long time. I did, and I, I root for them when they're not playing the Knicks. So. Okay. So the Charlotte Hornets, New York Knicks, New York Mets, and the Washington Redskins. Commanders. Commanders. Redskins Commanders. Okay. So sports. Got it. Big um, sports guy. Big sports guy. Oh, also yeah. into cars as well. Yes. Yes. I'm into uh, American Muscle. Okay. Um, so I love Fast and the Furious. No, he's literally watched it six hundred times. <laughs> every 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 um what's the word that I'm looking for? Every um like not every episode, but every every movie. Oh my god, no, but there's like a a different name to it. Anyway, yeah, he's watched every movie in the franchise. That's what I was gonna say. Okay. Every movie in the franchise multiple 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 times correct yeah but i'm a i'm a car guy and especially american muscle i, I love transformers yes another transformers. one that you've watched majillions of times i'm a chevy guy chevy dodge i'm not a big ford guy but i'm okay a, i'm chevy first and then dodge after okay all right well Very that's nice. a little bit about you um all right so we want to just talk to you today about parenting we want to talk to you about just I guess life in general and what your life has kind of evolved to um so mm. Laura do you want to start us off or how do you want to do this sure okay um dad what can you tell us in regards to your early life like what was growing up like for you who were your role models growing up that kind of thing well I grew up in a lower middle income family uh, in a little town called Brentwood, New York, out in Suffolk County on Long Island. And I grew up there. I grew up in a house with picket fence and, you know, green grass and there was trees and everything. So I had a real kind of normal suburban uh, upbringing uh, at that time. It was just me, my mom, my dad and my brother. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of, my parents were blue-collar workers. They, My mom always worked. My dad always worked two jobs. And so, you know, and me and my brother were five years apart. So, um, you know, I grew up and had friends and had, you know, uh, started my journey five years earlier than he, than he did. But, you know, I basically had like a normal, what we could call normal, right? Just two parents, a house. We had many dogs, <laughs> My dad would love to bring stray dogs home, and we'd have dogs. I don't think we we only had two dogs that we really kind of took uh, took a liking to, but my dad was always bringing home some pets from some of his coworkers that would just give him, and my mom would just go crazy. Another dog? What are we gonna do with another <laughs> another dog? Right? So, but I started, you know, I started working when I was real young. I started working when I was twelve. Oh my gosh. Wow, and I started it. That was back in the day when there were no child labor laws or anything <laughs> like that. So I started when I was twelve, and I worked in a pharmacy, and uh, I worked at all of uh, my late latter junior high and and all through high school. I, I worked there, and I, you know, just kind of did 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 the normal thing of uh, of teenagers back in nineteen you know seventy five to the eighties. You know, that's that's the, that was the normal thing. Everybody had to work. Yeah. So. And then you grew up in church. You were part of youth yeah. group. You were very involved in all of that, too. Yeah, we went to the same church, uh, which uh, my mom and dad went to. And they went into the, they got to the church right the year that I was born. And so when I was born, uh, they they got involved in the church. And they had been involved, not only my mom and my dad, but my aunts and my uncles, my grandparents, they all attended the same church. 
And uh, we all lived in the same town. Uh, we happened to live across so across from them, uh, further down. But my other, uh, on my father's side, they all lived within two blocks of each other. And so we all went to the same restaurants. We went to the same church. We went to the, uh, we didn't go to the same schools, obviously, because of the different locations. But mm-hmm. uh, we grew up in the same town. And, and, you know, I was in the church from that day until I left the church in 1987. When you guys moved to Florida. When, I, when we moved to Florida, yeah, I moved. And that's where you met the love of your life. Yes. Our amazingly crazy, fantastic, beautiful, <laughs> stunning mother. <laughs> you know, she um, she was my girlfriend, you know, at, at the time. I don't know. We were 12 or something. And then she, she sought greener pastures. She thought Yikes. that she was going to go someplace <laughs> else. And, uh, but eventually we got back together and that's where I met her. And, and like, we've been married 41 years and I, you know, I just, we, we, we talk about it and we reminisce about how young we were and, 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 but it was, what a beautiful thing. I mean, really it just, it changed my life completely. Yeah. I, I, I made the right choice. And I think she, if you ask her, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of, uh, I didn't listen to her podcast you know, <laughs> the entire thing, uh, but I, I'm sure she had some good things to say about me. But yeah, that's where I met my wife. Yeah, she did. She's 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 she set up pretty good. She set up pretty good. So I think she um she definitely does not have much to complain about. You know, aside from the fact that you know, like every wife, you get on her nerves. But well, we always go to bat for you when well, you get on her nerves. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. That's part of the benefit of being the father of four girls, where you have people to come in and advocate for you and fight your battles and, and things. But I truly, truly, truly can tell everyone in the audience that, um, you know, this person that I found and that I'm married to, she she's amazing. Yeah. She is amazing. And she she, she always says that, you wouldn't have been able to accomplish what you have without her. True or false? No, that's true. I, I mean, <laughs> I had, I, I had, you know, I had all the potential in the world. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I was educated. I was always a hard worker. I knew how to take advantage of my opportunities. But the things that I decided to do in life, like enter into ministry, travel for work, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't do it without uh, somebody by my side that really was what bought into the vision and saw yeah. that that was a, a plan for our, our future and our family. And so without that cohesiveness, we, yeah. we, we couldn't have gotten it done. I mean, I, I, I say that all the time to my wife and say, you know, that what we've accomplished, we've, I'm, I may have worked and, and, and done all the things that I did, but without her, I, I couldn't have done it. I mean, to raise children mm-hmm. pretty much on her own. I mean, I was yeah. there, but, but I was a, I was a father, all every week, but I was only home on Fridays and through Sunday. And then I was back on the road again. So. Yeah. But, you know, I, I truly am grateful to my wife for all of the hard work that she has put in. It, it's paid off for her. She's done pretty well for herself. She definitely has. Um, do you feel like do you feel like that has played into the type of parent that you are? The fact that you did travel a lot for work and then you kind of were in that. I don't want to say active parent role, but you get what I'm saying. Like, that's not in a mean way, but like you're home Friday to Sunday. Do you feel like that that played into the type of parent that you are? Well, definitely the the parenting style had to change. Yeah. Right. Because I, I was absent. And so 
um, my wife took on a different role. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, this you reap what you sow. And so if you don't take advantage of the time that you do have, then you don't establish that relationship. And I think that even though I may have maybe missed a soccer game or missed a cheerleading session mm-hmm. along the line, the relationship that I've built with my children uh, has made it for them easier to kind of say, yeah, dad wasn't here this time, but I love him. Yeah. And because you got, you, you've got to modify your parenting skills to accommodate the situation and his, not everybody can be a Monday through Friday dad. Yeah, that's true. And I think too, like we were talking about this earlier today, me and Lauren, and we were like, if you look at it from a perspective of a corporation, like the cologne corporation of what our family is, you have the CEO, Nobody sees the CEO of any company unless you're Apple and you're doing the presentation every year or whatever, but nobody sees the CEO you see, or the CFO. He's behind the scenes, making the money, divvying up the money, (laughs) controlling the money, all of that stuff. But you see the COO, the chief operating officer, that's Ma. She's definitely the COO. You're the CEO and the CFO. And that's just kind of how, if you look at it from a corporation standpoint, that's, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, no, I I truly agree with that. And I think that one of the things that I have been able to do within that role of quote unquote CEO is to prepare a vision for the family. Mm, Right. And so the, the, the hard thing about and I was thinking about this today is the fact that I traveled exclusively for work. I went away. Uh, to go to work in the beginning in 1984, and I went to work at General Electric, and I and I left my wife with a, with small children, and but there was a purpose. It yeah. wasn't that it was like haphazardly, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and ditch my family. No, there was a purpose, and 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 the beauty of that purpose was that my my wife bought into the purpose of getting a better life for our children, Mm -hmm. maybe acquiring a home, moving to Florida, moving someplace else. So I was able to share that vision with her, and she took that vision and turned it into a mandate that she was going to take care of the family and and manage and do all that. So when you have that vision and you're able to communicate it, then everybody buys in. And, and, you know, I I remember uh, back in 1989 when I when the family had already moved to Florida and I was going back to New York for work and uh, Stephanie was crying her eyeballs out because I was leaving. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, and, (laughs) but again, that, that was part of the whole strategy. And, and we, I did that for two more years and we acquired our, our first home in Florida and, and we, we did a lot of different things. So I think as a parent, you have to prepare a vision for your family. Where do you see your kids? If you don't see them in a good place, then you're not going to lead them to that place. You've got to be able to, and then show them where that place is, whether it's an education, whether it's owning a home, whether it's, and and so uh, I prepared that vision. I, I, I'm the visionary for our family. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not the CEO, the COO. No. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the visionary. I, I see the, the where we're going, and then we just work, you know, plan the work and work the plan is one of my favorite sayings. So mm-hmm. that's what, that's what I, I think. I he, now has a, he now has a new title, CVO, Chief Visionary Officer. Hey, that was a good one. That's well, good. I, Everybody needs that. We love though. to see it. I like it, and, and and you know, and I've always been a visionary, and and, and I do that in everything that I do. I, 
I started my own business. I was the, the uh, minister at a church that was in the middle of, of growing. And I, I had a vision that they were going to have a, their own place and their own property. I, I saw it when nobody else saw it. But, but I think that you have to have that if you're going to lead a family or lead an organization. You got to be able to see that vision and, and communicate that vision and live through that vision. And I think that that's where a lot of, you know, a lot of people would wish their kids to go to school, but they, they, they've not been able to communicate that and they haven't been able to take action on that vision. So, Speaking of being a visionary, when you were imagining your family, did you imagine that you would have all girls or did you like how, how does it feel to be a girl dad? Well, I didn't envision it. I'm <laughs> glad it's here, but I didn't envision it. Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I came from a small family. I only have a brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I got married, I didn't know what God had prepared me for as a father. And so as I started out, you know, we had and girls came along and girl and one and two and three and four. And <laughs> and, you know, I just I just embrace it because they are uh, all gems. Uh, precious stones to me Mm -hmm. and so i i just didn't i didn't see that i mean i after after uh ruthie christina and stephanie were here uh my wife she had taken ill and she went to the doctor and they they said she thought maybe i got the flu and sure enough lauren came along yes and so we we would have at that point we said well we're hoping it's a boy uh lauren was going to be matthew really but then when we found out that mm-hmm. she was a girl, she became Lauren and, and I was fine with it. I was fine with it. And, you know, I, I don't I wouldn't change anything of what has happened with, you know, my children and what, what I have. And so I, I, I'm, I'm content. But I'm then content. after that, you did have a specific prayer after you had four daughters. What was your prayer? That I had all grandsons. Exactly. <laughs> and so we have, it almost happened. We, we have, we have, I have six grandsons who I love mm-hmm. deeply, but we have one granddaughter. She snuck in there. <laughs> and she's, she's, she's a princess. I, I know how to do the princess route. Ay, ay, ay. I'm, I'm well versed in the princess route. So, um, dang, I just had a question and it now has slipped my mind. Go ahead, Laura. You're up again. Let's see. Well, oh, I was goodness. I was thinking about when you were talking um, about like being a visionary for your family. What is some advice that you could give someone who maybe doesn't have um, that person in their life that's casting vision for them? So like, you know, for example, um, a husband who's stepping into a role who d- maybe didn't have a father and now he has to become that visionary, but doesn't really know how because he didn't see it. You know, like I feel like we've all kind of taken that role in our families as well, where we are very vision based and we can see certain things for our life and we have a plan and we want to execute it and we want to do all this stuff because that's what we know. That's what we saw. So for those people who don't have that, what advice could you give them? Do you feel like you had that? Like you had parents who like casted vision for you and set a plan for you? You know, I I I came from like I said a lower middle class family. Both of my parents were blue collar workers, and so one you know one of the things that you have to do is you have to establish the priorities. Where do you want to go? If you don't want know where you want to go, you know Yogi Berra says you'll never know if you get there. And so, you know, my my dad and my mom they poured certain 
uh, values and for certain visions into me and mm-hmm. my brother, which was family first. Yeah. At, at, at any expense, family first, right? So so that was one thing that, that I took away and said, you know what, everything that I do is going to be based around my family. The other thing was to enjoy what you have. I, I can remember as a kid without no money, my dad would make, I don't know, he'd come home, surprise us and say, hey, we're going on vacation. We're going to Niagara Falls or we're going to Canada. Mm-hmm. So I learned that, that, that you have to not only have um, your priorities, right? But you also have to cultivate your relationship with your, with your family and with your children. And so, um, when I, when I started out on this journey, I had at least those two data points, right? I want to go on vacation. I want to interact with my family, but I want to establish my priorities. And, and, you know, if you don't do that, then you don't really know where you're going. And second, the, the other thing is that within your priorities, they have to be aligned. You yeah. can't have priorities and say, oh, my priorities are, are, are my kids. Well, that's a good thing. But if you have a spouse, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Because now you've got the right drive, but you don't. But the order of your priorities is off skewed. Mm. So so one of the things that I that I decided to do as part of my vision was that I was going to cultivate that relationship with my spouse and make sure that she was number one and make sure that everybody knew that she was number one. Yeah, including, we know. Including my kids, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But if I didn't do that, then that wouldn't have driven or you know, given her the ability to say, you know, go out and work. I know, I know where we are at and... And so as I started to put those priorities in place, then I started to say, okay, I, I see our family. We have four girls. They're going to get married. I'm going to have son-in-laws. We're going to have grandchildren. This is the plan for our family. We're going to, yeah. you know, we're going to cultivate our days, our time together. We're going to carry each other's burdens. We're going to be able. But if you don't establish those priorities and get them in sync, that's the biggest thing, and get them in the right order, you always wind up. So many people that I know that that have you know, you ask them, well, what, you know, who's first, your husband or your kids? And I say, oh, my kids first. Really? Your kids are going to go away and you're going to be stuck with a man or a, or, or a woman that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so you can't, you have to really have those priorities, but then they have to be aligned. And that's where I think part of the, the things that I took into the relationship that I didn't get from my home life was that I needed to prioritize. I needed to put them in the right order. I needed to be a, uh, my, my dad was and my mom were always excellent providers for us. But at the same time, I needed to provide for my family. And so mm-hmm. part of the vision was that how are we going to support all these kids? Yeah. They're, 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 they're expensive. They are expensive. And high maintenance, too, I must, I must add. All right, but, relax. But, I, but, but I, I let it known to all my son-in-laws. But you that cultivated that. That's, I feel like it's, at the end of the day, it's kind of your fault. Well, I mean, because the expectation is so high, you set the bar I, high. I I agree. I yeah, agree with you that. You set the bar but high. But he he did he did give them you know a trigger warning caution label. Listen, she's expensive. Once you have her, you don't bring her back. There's no refunds. You don't get like a gift card if you bring it back. No, you, know, you don't get you don't get <laughs> anything like that. But no, I think I think that's where the the truth lies is just trying to establish the priorities and make sure that you have them in the right order. Yeah, I think that's important for sure. Yeah, I will say that, you know, once Juan and I started talking about getting married, he, um, you know, we were talking about like what the future would look like and things like that. And obviously we're planning to have children, but I told him, I said, we always need to make sure that we're putting each other first. Yeah. Because I said, that's exactly what my dad did. And I want to model, you know, my family after that, because like dad said, at the end of the day, 
your kids will leave. Yeah. You know, you have to cultivate your relationship with that person. And if you spend your entire, you know, life that your children's here and you don't cultivate that, that time with your person, you're not even going to really know them. Yeah. We tell our kids that all the time too. Like we have to break it to them. Like, uh, Jackson's always one that's like, who do you love the most? And I'm like, daddy. And he's like, why love me the most? And I'm like, no, daddy's number one. (laughs) So we, we, we are also, teaching that to our children just because I mean at the end of the day like it's true like the priority is your spouse and then your children and also that too like it's a team effort if, if you're raising your kids on your own and your spouse is doing their own thing and it's not a team like your kids are going to feel that your kids are going to see that and so putting each other first means that it's and Daniel and I always tell each other we're like it's us against them babe always always us against them (laughs) because we are a team and we want to make sure that our kids know that because when they go to their spouses we want them to be a team too you know so I definitely we definitely have picked that up from you guys for sure well it's great I I, again like I said I I didn't come from that I learned I learned that the hard way because my mom was I can, I can remember one time that my cousins would call my mom the mama bear because mm-hmm. my mom would fight tooth and nail for her children. Yep. But she wasn't that, you know, she she didn't have that same energy on the spouse side. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that turned out to be the downfall of her relationship. Mm-hmm. But because she, she had, she knew, she had good priorities. They just were mixed up. Yeah. And, and, and if they weren't mixed up, you know, she probably would have stayed, remained, married to my father for a long time uh and i think it's a mistake that people make when they don't have the right guidance Mm -hmm. so when i saw that i didn't want to bring that into a relationship for my future and for my family so i i turned the tables on that right away and made my wife the center of our relationship and then because the maternal instinct will always dominate Mm-hmm. And so if you have a good spouse that she'll she'll always be a good mom. She'll always fight like a mama bear yeah. uh, for her children. So if you put her first and, 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 and make that cement that relationship with her and that partnership, you won't have to worry about your children. She'll yeah. watch out for them and, yeah. and she'll take care of you. And so, you know, those are the kind of things that I learned that I had to bring in from just bad experiences. Yeah. Who do you um, in your current life? So that's like growing up, you, you said, um, the, the guy, I guess that you worked for, I know you had previously told me the guy that you told the guy that you used to work for, um, really taught you like life skills and life lessons and like just different things about just life things, a bank account, you know, um, insurance, things like that. Like you told me previously that, that he was the person that kind of yeah, took those I, things. You know, when I first got to my first job, there was a gentleman called Bob Madison and he, he owned a business. He was a business owner. He mm-hmm. owned the pharmacy that I worked at. And so, again, you know, coming from, you know, a uh, uh, real humble beginning, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, even though we were middle class, but we were like lower middle class and from a blue collar family. And like he 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 told me that that I needed to read. Mm. He said, read everything. And I saw he could take the New York Times and fold it into a four by ten like pamphlet. And read everything, mm-hmm. the obituaries, the sports, the stock market, the business, international news, domestic news. And and he said, if you read, you'll never 
lacked knowledge. And I, I, I didn't understand it at first, but mm-hmm. um, he taught me that. And, and I teach that. My, I had a conversation with one of my grandchildren. And I, he'll, he'll, rename, he'll remain nameless, <laughs> but I said, you know, you got to read. Yeah. If you don't read, you're not going to be able to achieve everything in li- that you want to do in life. And, mm-hmm. so, and so he taught me that, that re- reading was important and having knowledge and knowing things and, and being fiscally conservative and, and, and trying to save money and about life insurance and about, you know, in life. After, and he was like a real driving force for me as a young man, a young Hispanic man trying to, you know, navigate life mm-hmm. and, and, and and so, you know, I was starting out in the family and stuff. But, you know, I, 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 I can definitely say that I, I brought things forward from, mm-hmm. my, from my dad. My dad always said, if there's a will, there's a way. And that's where I get my driving force from. Yeah. You know, if, if you want it, there'll be a way. Yeah. yeah there'll be, it'll be a way. So, I, you know, and I brought that from my childhood forward. My dad always would always say, I don't want people to tell me I want to know. And mm. I think that's where I get my investigative uh, ex- my investigative sense that I want to know. I'll study it. I'll analyze it. I'll I'll do whatever I need to know to to get that knowledge and gain that knowledge that that I that I need. And so, you know, I had a lot of people pour into my life over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some in in different areas, whether it was finance, whether it was in my in my Christ walk, um, you know, whether it was with ministry, whether it was in home ownership or whatever, you know. You wisdom is being able to learn, listen, and learn, and not from other people's mistake. And yeah. so, as, as people would share and pour into my life, I just received, and and it made me a better leader for my own family, for my own um, marriage, and for my children. And so, you know, I I, th- I think that I had a lot of people pour into my life, and as far as the my business and things like that, even in in my walk, I my. My grandmothers, both of them were real super, super, super prayed up people mm-hmm. that really and, and they had they were they were really before their time because they were doing things that uh, mainstream uh, church life was not having. And they were they just poured into me and, and spoke to me about faith and perseverance and and the faithfulness of God and things like that. And so that kind of poured into my life. And that's what I pour into my children's life and into my marriage and. And so, you know, I really thank God for the people that came before me mm. that that really I was able to learn. And b- because they had already lived it, I didn't have to live it. Yeah. And so that that's the key, right? That if you've got people and you surround yourself with people that know, you don't really have to know. I, I learned in, in ministry that I didn't have to be the all knowing, right? I just needed to r- surround myself with people that knew. Mm-hmm. I became the leader, right? But the but the leader doesn't have to know everything. And so I, I when when I don't know something, I just go search it out. Who mm-hmm. knows? Let me go find that person who knows. Yeah. Right? And so you always okay. tell us to keep your circle small. <laughs> do, do you <laughs> how small is your circle? <laughs> well, you know, I, this is really one of those heated debatable topics, you know. But here's, here's the you thing. You can be honest on the podcast. Here's the thing. We won't tell anybody, just everybody who listens. I truly, <laughs> truly have a small circle. Mm-hmm. Because you could only reach a certain amount. Your, your sphere of in, influence could be big, but your your circle of, of people that you want to impact and reach is very small. So within that circle, obviously, is my wife mm-hmm. and all of my children. My four daughters are in that circle, right? 
And so that's the circle that's most close to my heart, right? Does does anybody get into that circle? Unfortunately, <laughs> it's been it's closed. It's closed. It's closed, mm-hmm. right? But not to say that that is that's the that's the center, right, uh, of that circle. Now there are other rings around that circle where my 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 brother resides, my parent, my my son-in-laws, you know, my my grandchildren. But in reality, that circle is really really small. Yeah. And I, I care for all of my grandchildren. I care for all of my my, my brother, my dad, my my in-laws, and uh, my sister-in-laws. And I, I care for all of them. They're, they're, they're wonderful people. But that circle, there's only, there's only six people in that circle. My four daughters, me, and my wife. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, that has been my biggest... Um, responsibility given to me by God is to keep those six people. If I keep those six people, they'll keep their people and go from there. And so, um, you know, my kids joke about it. <laughs> sometimes they joke about it to their husbands. Sometimes their husbands the are not that. The son-in-laws are trying they, to get they, into the they're circle. Not, they're not that receptive. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that that's the circle that I have. Now, yeah. That's that's my circle of, of, of confidentiality. That's my circle of, of, of support. But I have a cir- a sphere of influence. And I was, you know, you can you can you can you don't know how big that is. Mm-hmm. I, I I left full time ministry in twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. And I get people, they see me on Facebook, they say, you know, you really impacted me in nineteen ninety eight. I'm saying like what? That's crazy. What, what? What was that? Well, you said this and this to me, and and, and really, I, that's what I live by now. Mm-hmm. And like, you, you don't know how big that circle of influence is until you know people come up to you and tell you about it and and remind you about it. And and for the life of me, if you ask me what happened in 1998, I don't know what happened last year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but if they were impacted to that level that mm-hmm. it still stood with them, then I've done my job. Yeah. I've done my job. I've shared with with. What I know to with people uh, I, on different continents, yeah. and and I, I you know I, I got a couple in 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 Miami. I just met them like two years ago, and they want to adopt me. I mean, they, they <laughs> like their father, and I'm saying, you know, and, and I'm just trying to help. Them. I'm trying to share with to share to, with them mm-hmm. what I what I've learned, yeah, right, and what, what what has worked for me. And but yeah, that that circle is not going to get any bigger. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> Oh, um, and I, I don't blame you, and I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I'm all for the small circle. Yeah, I agree. I, I have another question. Mm-hmm. If you, you mentioned your career in ministry. Obviously, we know that it was a very, very long time, practically my entire life. Um, if you had to preach one last message, what, what, what would your theme be, or what would your outline look like? <sighs> You know, I, I'm all about persevering. I'm all about going to the end. I'm, I'm all about staying faithful. And um, I, I, I think that I, my, my outline would look like a little bit of, of Joshua and the walls of Jericho. You know, you just, look, I would have ran around 10,000 times if I had to, to make that wall fall. 
and and he and it was really like a blind obedience because there's they, they had nothing in the arsenal to make those walls fall down, mm-hmm. and so he but he stood at it right. It was crazy. It was cockamamie, kind of like my life. And, and on occasion, when I said, "Hey, let's move to North Carolina. Let's move to Florida. Well, what are we gonna do? Ah, uh, we'll." we'll we're going to get there. We got a plan. I got a plan. I mean, you know, you, you do things like that in life, right? So I think part of my outline would be just that, you know, kind of that blind obedience. You know, if you if just walk around that, it'll come down. It'll come down. You'll make it through. I, I, I always, I, w- I would start out with just trying to give people some motivation is, look, you got to see it through. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right, but it's going to happen, you know. And, and, and I probably would then speak to... Uh, uh, something like when the prophet told his servant, go out there, the rain is coming. He says, what rain? I don't see any rain. And and then he says, wait a minute, I see a cloud the size of the palm of a man. And the, the prophet says, go run, it's going to rain. And like, I would tell people that, you know, sometimes you're looking for that big storm, right? But there's there's a little cloud out there, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll and, and and I tell people all the time, you gotta celebrate the small things. You think yeah. that you know you're looking for that big turnaround in a spouse that really is not where you want him to be, or you're looking for a big turnaround with a child. That's that's, a, but you know what? Celebrate the small things. It could be a small cloud out there. Yeah. That would just turn the whole thing around. So I would, I think I would, I would bring that in is that if even after walking around and just trying to be obedience, you know what, there's a, there's a, you don't, don't, don't expect. Somebody told me one of my mentors says, expect nothing. Yeah. You expect nothing and everything else is, is, is overwhelming to you. Right. Because you weren't, you're expecting anything. Right. So I think that would kind of be my, my middle theme is just a, Hey, after doing everything, everything, everything going through it, you know what? Don't expect anything. Mm -hmm. You'll be surprised what's going to happen because it is going to happen. The wall will fall down. You'll see that small cloud and it'll start to rain. You'll find that fish open the mouth and find coins in it. So, Mm -hmm. so you, you, you gotta do that. And, and the last thing I would just say is just be grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be grateful. For the small things, exactly. grateful for those crazy ideas that that you think are not good, but they turn out to be the whole blessing in your life. And so I, I'm I'm all about Thanksgiving. I, believe it or not, people say that their biggest holiday is Christmas, and I I love Christmas with my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just tur- got turned on uh, yesterday to Chinese New Year. Everybody should yes. get a red a red envelope, Lauren. and then they put money in it. <laughs> Lauren, right? I need to tell my, you about this. So no, my friend growing up. You guys remember Angela Mai? Oh yeah, yeah. She, she would ce- she would celebrate Chinese New Year. She would always bring me a red envelope to school. Yeah, the lady yesterday told us that the grandparents and the richest give lots of money. So Lauren, be expecting your red envelope from Dad because he's about to bless us with a Chinese New Year red envelope, right? Yeah, amen. I, he's I like no. That. Yeah, and I mean, I have the faith of a mustard seed. No, <laughs> but but we celebrate the Hispanic New Year. Everybody gets a, a little packet of sofrito. That's oh all. my god! That's what everybody Here gets. Go. <laughs> but but no, I and Thanksgiving is my my holiday. Yeah, not only is it my birthday, but true. You know, I I I have a heart of gratefulness. Yeah, for my family. For oh, my- Dad. <laughs> Oh no! For my wife, for my children, my grandchildren, my my son-in-laws, I'm grateful. Everything that I've achieved in my life, I had nothing to do with it. Oh God! <laughs> Ooh, this is um... I, not, not one thing. I, I I'm very intelligent. 
I've always had enough. I've always had abundance. I've got great kids, everything. But I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. It was God that did that. And so I'm grateful. I concur. <sighs> okay. Okay, let me get it together for a second. Because I did have a question. You mentioned something. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me sniffle for one second. <laughs> Okay. Oh my goodness. Um, you mentioned something when you said mentorship, and I know throughout your time in ministry and just in in life, people are drawn to you for mentorship because they look at you and they see what you've accomplished. They see, you know, the the end result, obviously, of where you are now. But who do you go to for mentorship? Like, who are your mentors? Like, not even just growing up, but just even now, like where do you draw your inspiration and your advice and things like that? Who do you go to? Well, you know, it, it's hard when, when you have such a close closed circuit. Yeah. Like, like, like my wife tells me, Ma tells me all the time. Well, you know, well, I have a lot of, I, I have friends and I said, well, I don't have any friends. I have one friend. My dad so, has one guy on Facebook who always comes through for you. Emmanuel Freddy, shout out to you. <laughs> no, and, and, and like, I don't, I don't really have somebody that I can consider like a best friend or yeah. someplace to go to. So it's really hard. Yeah. Not, and so when I get in trouble, not in trouble, but when I need advice or anything, I don't really have somebody that I can call on, you know, like phone a friend. I would yeah. fail miserably and, uh, you know that game. Who with wants the, to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> I don't have anybody to call. Yeah, I don't have anybody to call. And so, when I when I when I'm looking for something, some I, I'm in need of advice. I go to the Bible. Yeah, and I find it there. And if I can't find it there, you know, if I if I'm searching out, I'll go to my spouse, my wife, and say, well, "What do you think? I, I'm where 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 do I need to go for this?" And and if it's just knowledge, I, I just Google it like everybody else. <laughs> So if you come to my dad for some like deep advice, you'll get he's it. just going to Google it. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. just kidding. If, if, if it's about how to fix your car or whatever, I'll Google it. <laughs> if it's about life studies, I go right to the Apostle Paul. Always. Always the Always. Apostle Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's, it, look, it, it, I, I would be, I would be uh, not telling the truth. It, it's, it's, there's been a time when you, I really could need somebody. Yeah. But I go, I go to my wife. My wife is my friend. She's, she's, she, my kids really, truly know I, I don't have to, I'm not a Facebook husband. I'm a real husband. Mm-hmm. And Amen. my kids will tell you that I would be the most happiest on a deserted island with my wife. No kids, no grandkids, no That's nothing. That's terrible. I don't, know if my, I don't know if my wife would enjoy that. No, she's she very, would not. She's very, um. She's very close to all of her children and her grandchildren, and I am too. But you know, that is my soulmate. That's yeah. the person that I go to when I I need something done. And again, I'm I'm not trying to say that therapy's not good and trying to go seek out that professional opinion on things or anything. Yeah. But I just don't have that. One thank knock on wood. Thank God I don't have that need. But if I do, I go to my wife. My wife is my soulmate. You know, she'll tell me the truth about what I think, mm-hmm. the truth about what she thinks, whether I want to hear it or I don't want to hear it. 100%. Right? So, I mean, I go to her, <laughs> but I do have people that, 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 I, that I, I consider acquaintances, uh, co-workers, uh, 
people that I serve with in the church and all that. Mm-hmm. But as far as people that I can go to, I just go to the Bible. I yeah. get, I get, look, if, if, if God said it, I believe it. Yeah. And so some people think, well, it's a little, you know, it's antiquated. No, look, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, technology is great. Mm-hmm. We can talk to people all over the world at the same time. We could talk to many people all over the world. We can find out our news fest that we can see what's happening on the other side of the world, right? Yeah. That's changed a lot. What hasn't changed is love. Mm. Love hasn't changed. Yeah. It's the same way it's been for 3,000 years. Right. So the origin of love, he who is love, hasn't changed. Mm. And that's why it's, that's a constant, right? That's, that's, a, that's a constant source of good advice. Because he is love hasn't changed, right? Technology has changed. The world has changed. Opinions change. Everything changes. But that's the only constant. That and prayer. I don't care what kind of religion you come from, what your belief is. Everybody prays. Yeah. So those two things are constant, right? And so as the world evolves and we get into greater uh, methods of communications and, and mediums and things of that nature... Look, I revert back to the old school. Love conquers all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you love your children, you love God, you love your country, you love your grandkids, you love your son-in-laws, you'll have a great life. You'll have a beautiful life. Right? So, you know, there's nothing really high-tech about love. It's it's been the same for 3,000 years, 4,000 years. Since the beginning of time. So, Um, but yeah, I I do, don't, I usually, I use, I don't have really many people that I can say I can go to. Yeah. If you, um, you know, being a, mis- a minister for as long as you have, if you could give um, a starting point for somebody who is a beginning believer in terms of the Bible, where would you tell them to start? Start at John. Read John. Because you'll see the, you'll see the beginning of the life of Christ. You'll see the middle of the life of Christ. You'll see the end of the life of Christ in the book of John. And, and, and you'll see that it starts out by a general statement, right? For God so loved the world. And then you're trying to figure out, well, what, what did that love consist in? And then you go into the part where you talks about the miracles of Jesus and that demonstration of his love. And what he, and then you, you, at the end of the book you, of John, you get to see that that love really is in the sacrifice, right? That someone, mm. he said, no greater love have a man that give up his life for his brother. Like, like, like that's like the culmination of that whole book, right? Is you get to the point and say, wow, you know, I, I, I kind of started this journey out, you know, listening about love and, yeah, this guy, this guy's serious. He gave his life, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so I would, I would move people to go, you know, seek out the book of John and, and just kind of look through it. And, and you, it, it's a great starting point that in the book of Proverbs, there are 31 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs, one for every day. It's great wisdom, it's a, mm, great wisdom idea. in Proverbs. It's a good reading plan for those who love a reading plan. Yeah. The book of Proverbs is, is, is a go-to, one of my go-to staples for, for, for good sound advice is to go there. And so I, I would I would steer people to that. I know you have a lot of people that constantly ask you, even though you stopped pastoring full-time in 2012, which is 10 years ago, now going on 13 years, who would ask you to come back and pastor again. At this time in your life, do you ever see yourself pastoring again? Well, like an actual like congregation? You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say never. Uh, and this is a conversation that I have with my wife constantly, and and she knows it, and she knows the answer to it already. That if if I felt that I was being led to do that, I'd go do it again. Yeah, 
because you know at at the at the end of the day your call to ministry and it doesn't have to be pulpit ministry yeah you don't have to leave the church right? yeah you can you can you can still be an influencer not not in the sense of today right yeah where you get you know the the the, the whole youtube and all that kind of no 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 you can still pour into people's lives and influence them from either your life experiences yeah. or, or things that you've been through or or just some sound a discovery of something that, that you have uh, un- uncovered. So, you know, I, I think if I had to do it and I felt that strongly about it, I'd do it, close, eyes closed, go back and do it. Um, it's not on my radar, <laughs> but again, I, I, I didn't get to this point trying to follow follow my dreams. Yeah. I tried to follow his plan. Yeah, that's good. I, I will say that that is on my bingo card for life. What? That dad, go, that dad goes back into ministry. Are you serious? You yeah. Okay, let's just do like a little church online. We'll do like a little e-group. How about that? Do you know how hard it is to find a church after your dad has left pastoring for 25 years? <laughs> It's hard. It really is. Like, it's so hard for me to walk into church and be like, okay, this is not how my dad would have done it. This is not what my dad would have said. That's so funny. This is not the way that we should be tithing right now and all these things. It's it's hard. It's really hard for me to compare. Yeah. But But that's that's your last, like, for you specifically, Lauren, like, that's your last church. That was your last church experience. Like, a full, like, like, um... Not a relationship with Christ, obviously, because you have continued that. But I'm saying like that dad's church was your last church that you attended. Like on a regular basis and was a part of and things like that, correct? I was going to live, breathe and die in that church. Girl. <laughs> but but, you know, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Move here. Yeah, that we'll pa- do a church. <laughs> I, I was I was a writer. I'm a writer, dude. Yeah, th- this is this is the key, though. This is the key to all to this is that. You can't make ministry your profession. I am, my profession is an engineer, quality engineer, quality Mm -hmm. manager. That's my profession. Yeah. Right? My ministry is minister. Yeah. Right? And so when when people tell me about it, I said, look, I'm at this point, and I've always been at this point, if I had to do it for free, I'd do it for free yeah. because it's not my profession. Mm. Absolutely. Right. Professional prof- professions get paid. Yeah. And you know what? If I never gotten paid for it, I'd still do it all over again. But you didn't for majority of your ministry. Right. But there was some financial compensation associated, but if there was none. Yeah. Right. If there was none at all, I'd do it all over again. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't work for free. I wouldn't go to a company and provide them with my services for free because that's my profession. Right? Yeah. But, that's it, good. but for ministry, I do it for free. I do it for 10 people. I would do it for five people. Right. Yeah. And so I always, I always told the people that I surrounded myself with, I don't want my name on the sign because mm. it's not about me. Yeah. Yeah. I just I didn't. That. Right. So, because if it's about me, then the people go there for me. Yeah. The people feel committed for me right but my name's not important on the sign right so because I, I do it for free right so so i think that when you get to that point of would you do it again i'd do it for free yeah i'd do it again 
without it, without any reservation, I'd do it again because that's my calling. That's yeah. my ministry, right? It's not my profession. I'm not going to work this life for my entire life. I'm going to retire one day and not ever. And other people are going to run my business and, and take care of it, right? But that's my profession, and I'm not going to do it for free. Yeah, but. I do the ministry for free. I, I owe the guy who's in charge of that more than what. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Um, okay, Lord, do you have any final thoughts, final questions? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. Who's Make your favorite kid? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> why? I don't know why this question comes up. I've listened to a couple of these these podcasts and they have come up favorite and time. This is the way I see. I see this. Here we go. Believe it or not, <laughs> I have no favorites. Oh, uh, here we go. So PC. I, I, I said, know. Well, no, I said each one was a gem. Yeah. Right. So I gave I gave everybody equal billing. Every if 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 we wanted to drill down on the gem, you all all of you would be diamond. Yes, I we love it. Ruby, <laughs> Ruby and Sapphire are just not. Where you guys are at. Every, everybody would be diamond. Yeah. But each one has a certain um, level of, of influence and a connection. Yeah. Right? So Lauren is the baby. Aww. She'll always be the baby. And that's it. She's a diamond. <laughs> and uh, she's the baby. And that 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 within itself has, has a certain uh, connection. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Stephanie, who's number three, she lives right next door to me. So that's a connection. <laughs> that's a connection. She's she's here with me, right? She yeah. lives with me. She'll probably see me in my last day. Oh, my She'll God, stop. Me. We literally cannot <laughs> even talk about that because that will, will instantly, no, move no. along. So Christina, Chris, <laughs> Christina's a diamond. Christina had been with me in ministry when she was young. She could, I could call on Christina to do whatever I wanted, and she'd go, "Dad, I'll do it. Don't worry. I'll take it on. I'll take that project on. I'll take. Yeah. I'll do whatever." Right. So, you know, she's a diamond, and 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 Ruthie is a diamond. Yeah. Ruthie will honor me. Yeah, that's she true. Will, she will honor me. I go to her house, and she already has a glass plate and a fork. Yeah. When I get there. Because I don't eat on paper plates and I don't yeah. like paper cutlery, and so she'll have a real plate, a real cup, and a real fork when I get there. But that's just her honoring me. Yeah, she, she is really good at that. She, would she is not, really good at that. And, and so, so does that make her the favorite? Doesn't make any of them the favorite. Each one, each one of them have a connection and have such a high level of importance. And and it look, I I measured it by. The, in 2013, I think it was, I came up with the flu, and I was in the hospital, like, for a day. I was being rehydrated. I had been dehydrated and all that stuff. And so, I mean, my kids were, like, freaking out. Like, they, they were just like, oh, my 100%. God, dad's in the hospital. What's wrong? <laughs> you know, and so that demonstration of love was only returning the demonstration of love that I had given them. And so that 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 to me shows that they're all awesome. They're all diamonds. They're all precious gems. They're precious to me. And so I, I really don't have a favorite. I have a relationship with each one. That's a little different. Yeah. That's a little different, right? And so, like I said, you know, it, it, that relationship makes them all a diamond. And so I don't really have, I only have uh, 
and I don't have favorite grandchildren. They're all they're all love. I love them all equally. Um, but again, I, I won't speak for anybody else in this family. They may have favorites, um, <laughs> and they will remain nameless who they are. But um, but again, special, right? They're all yeah. special. You know, some some have uh, different experiences experiences with me, and so and and I look forward to the new experiences. I look forward to the grandchildren getting into college or going into the military or yeah. doing whatever. Or and 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 I look forward to new grandchildren. Yay! You know. Yeah, because our family's like not done yet, which no. is wild because we were just talking about this like. We're already at 16, like your children and your like your immediate children and your grandchildren total for all of us is 16. And that's not even it, which is wild to think about that. There's still a few more out there. Yeah, we would just we're according just... to Jackson. He said 10. <laughs> he said he said that Lauren was going to have 10. Right. Um, he said that today. Yeah, he, did, he did say that today at, at when we were out and about. But, you know, <laughs> look, we're, we're so blessed. Yeah, we're so for blessed. sure. People. People still today want to emulate the colognes. Yeah, I mean we're blessed. We're but again, we're we've had our trials, we've had our tribulations, we've had our our ups and downs, um, you know. But at the end of the day, there's a glue. There's there's me and mom at the top of this this tree, yeah. and 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 that's the you know that's part of that cohesiveness. Of of just keeping the family together, you know. I, I, knock on wood, you know. Thank God we've never had any kind of. I mean, there are families that don't talk to each other. There, and, yeah. and, and we have just been so blessed beyond measure. Yeah, and we're highly favored, and so we we just have an awesome family. Even uh, the son in laws and the, and the grandchildren and and people that that in, in the extended family. Yeah, aunts and uncles and uh, they 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 look at the colognes and and they say we want to model that and 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 it you know if we could put it in a bottle and sell it we'd make a million dollars. <laughs> Unfortunately, within that bottle would come our struggles. Mm, that's true. And nobody wants that part. They that's just true. want the finished product, and so it costs dearly. Yeah. To keep this family where it's at, and it's not a financial cost; it's the spiritual mm. cost. It's it, it, it's a it's a you know a mental cost. It's it, it's a physical cost. It, it's just you know, and I think that one of the greatest tests was that we moved out of the state and and Ugh. we still stayed a, a strong family, mm-hmm. you know, and and we lost our, our our grandparents, and we I mean we we and we stayed strong. Yeah, but but that's a testament to what we believe in. And, and who we are and how we've been raised and taught and brought, and brought up. So I think, you know, uh, people would love to have it. They see the finished product, but it, yeah. it costs. Yep. It costs us a lot of work, my part, on Ma's part, on everybody's part, because sometimes you got to bite down hard and suck it up. And Blessed you know, are the peacemakers. Yeah, that's, my, that's one of my <laughs> stories. That's what dad always tells us. Blessed that, are the peacemakers. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, because that's what we want in peace. Because at the end of the day, when I'm gone and Ma's gone, you'll only be, there'll only be four girls sitting in a room and a bunch of grandchildren. And that's the biggest legacy yeah. that I could have. The biggest legacy that Ma could ever have mm-hmm. is that that family stay united past us. Yeah. Because we're not the family. We're just the people that started it. 
and we, we the nuggets of wisdom and truth that we could share, we're just hoping that you, that will be taken forward and be shared again. And, and th this model and this formula will continue to be part of the colognes. I mean, we're not going to have many colognes. No. We're going to have Alvira's, Rodriguez's, uh, <laughs> Pacheco's. Pacheco's. We're not, we're not gonna, but the spirit, our yeah. spirit will be alive. Of that and and you know people are very not envious but they say you know I wish I, I you want to adopt me you know I want to be you you want to be my father if I, you had if you adopted every one that has asked you to adopt then you would have oh hundreds God. of kids yeah. <laughs> again they the people see the finished product yeah. right they see they see the blessings they just don't see the trials and tribulations and we've had our our, our fair share yeah, and we can, sure. and we continue to have them but the at the end of the day it's about the solid foundation that was laid before us that keeps us still building upon that i mean even if it gotten down to shambles we we would still rebuild yeah and get back so that's, that's absolutely that, that's what i i see as as our greatest thing that we could leave people is just to tell them about how we got here and how the foundation needs to be maintained. Yeah. I think that um, we all can say that I am a VVS1 clarity in my diamond. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> Give me a break. I'm just, I'm just kidding. VVS. What is that, like, clear? clear, No color? Yeah, colorless? Clear. Colorless. Oh, God. Colorless Whatever. and faultless. That's the way I see them. <laughs> That's see them. definitely I, not true. <laughs> just kidding. That's the way I, I see my kids. Again, but at the same time, you know, as as I see them as diamonds, I also see them as sometimes they have to be roughed and mm. polished. And this is because, true because this is this is the brilliance always has to be maintained, and the only way to maintain the brilliance of a diamond is to score it, is to yeah. treat it, is to polish it, is to and so some some sometimes you know as a parent you got you have to do that with your diamonds and yeah you know absolutely and so I mean. Does that mean that you have to mishandle and mistreat? No, but that just means that you know when I can't mm -hmm. let them tarnish or yeah. get cracked or, or or break or you know you have to be there to to kind of lend a hand to keep it going. So yeah, it's a good analogy. I love that. I think that that is you know I think a lot of people are going to take away a lot of wisdom from today's episode and mm -hmm. you know thank you so much for being here we know that you're a busy busy guy and we're very thankful that you're able to spend this time with us we love you very much yeah dad thanks for finally being on the podcast I know you were just so desperate to be on season one <laughs> you know I, I just want to say that I'm I'm so, I, I am so proud of this podcast thanks. and the work that has been put into it and I, and I, and I cherish the opportunity uh, that has been given it, given to me to, to join this podcast. And if, if uh, I'm afforded the opportunity again, I, I would look forward to it. Season three is looking real good for you. Uh, we want to have you and Ma on an episode together. Oh, so we had Lord. you guys yes. individually this season, but next season we have a plan to have you guys all together. So I think it's gonna be great i look forward to it i look forward to it and, and, and i think i i hope it's my my prayer that somebody would just hear this yeah and be impacted by it for sure definitely 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We're so uh, grateful to have my dad take the opportunity to be with us today. Um, Continue to share and like and comment and just pass this podcast along for those who uh, need inspiration. People you like, people you don't like, you know, that's always the motto. Share it with everyone. And you can find us on iTunes. I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Lauren, this is usually your part. Sorry. Go ahead. You can do it. She does Apple it better. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at As Told By Moms. If you guys have any questions or suggestions, you can always email us as well. As Told By Moms at gmail.com. We only have one episode left in season two. Woo! And uh, it's going to be coming out very soon. So stay tuned and we're going to take a little hiatus for season three but we will be back may 5th with season three episode one all right all right guys thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time bye bye